Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 39 of Mud Her Podcast, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code. I'm hoping this is a powerful, as powerful for you of an episode as uh, my journey with this topic has been, gosh, through probably the last, I don't know, close to 30 years for me. And what we're going to be exploring is breaking down, looking at uh, what it means to make the distinction between masculine and feminine values. What are they? What does it mean for me personally? How do they work together? And let's go on a little bit of a journey with it today. Now, I will disclaim that this is a very big topic and one that, you know, as I said, I've been, it's actually been one of the most powerful and life altering pieces of feminine leadership curriculum that I've engaged in with Dr. Judith Wright and um, her organization, well, the Wright Foundation, but Sophia, particularly Sophia, Society of Femininity in Action, um, where, you know, it really is a huge focus in realizing the power and potential when we um, explore this for ourselves, you know, to see both the impact of what it could make in our day-to-day lives uh, for, 
you know, living a life that feels more in harmony uh, and also the implications and huge implications that I believe has on the world and, you know, kind of what's everything that's coming, coming down in our planet these days. So started with a disclaimer. It's a big topic. We're going to touch on uh, a bit of it in this podcast episode. And I actually have brought it into several of, I probably, well, at least a couple, um, maybe more where I've, I've discussed it or brought it in. It's, it's just so big in that way. Um, particular after doing the women's essential experience in May. And then I'm going to share a little bit about how it came in for me in this past, uh, leadership intensive training at the end of June, as well as I just got back a couple days ago from a week, a family vacation in, um, Southern France and where I saw it there. So that's some of what's ahead. So why don't we go ahead and, and look at and start by examining the differences, um, the difference between, you know, uh, when I say masculine and feminine values, like masculine and men, feminine and women. So another, I don't know, disclaimer distinction to make there is it, it isn't, um, quite so it is gendered and it isn't gendered, I guess is the easy way to put it. Like, is there, you know, some bias here or ways, you know, that we'll be talking about it that may not sit, you know, a hundred percent with everyone, but really what we're talking about are a couple distinctions and we're going to look at it through our brains, you know, right and left brain and, um, values and qualities that they, that they hold, you know, and that have been shown to be explicitly, um, you know, more weighted toward masculine and hence, uh, kind of more predominant in men than how their brains operate. And then for women with the feminine and totally understanding there's a continuum here and there's space, I believe for everybody, you know, in the conversation when we, but we are probably sometimes going to look at it, um, you know, a, a little more cut and dry, I guess, you know, so to speak, but because both aspects do really live in all of us, feminine and masculine. And I'll probably, I'll stick with saying, you know, feminine and masculine or right brain, left brain, those mean the same to me, the left brain being masculine, right brain being feminine um, aspects. And it's, you know, what we've assigned to them. So as I said, they live in all of us. uh, But what we've seen so explicitly in our world, and honestly, for the past, this has been, you know, the case in varying degrees for the past five, 6,000 years. All right. And I've, um, if I haven't mentioned it before, there's an author, um, his last name is Shlaine, that wrote the book, The Alphabet Versus the Goddess. Just huge research and his theory that went into that and exploration of like, how did, how did it happen that when we have had points in history where it was more egalitarian, sometimes even probably overweighted toward the feminine um, and honoring of the feminine, but truly some, some cultures and societies and ages going way, way back uh, that have been more in harmony and 
you know, lived with no war, no borders, no, you know, no explicit traits that we see so predominantly in our world as far as, um, you know, what we think success is, you know, uh, what, how we feel like we have to be defended and things like that. So we know it's possible. So what happened? So what happened was, um, you know, and, and a number of things, agriculture, right? We, we became less nomadic. We settled down into what areas and started planting fields. And that, you know, caused a shift. Suddenly, there were distinctions and the whole land wasn't all our land. It's like, no, now this piece of land is my land. So when we started looking at ownership and property, that really started shifting us. But then um, what he really points to, what Shlaine really points to is the, the onset of written language. Prior to that, um, almost all, you know, stories, uh, the what had happened in the past came orally or through pictures, you know, and we've certainly discovered that uh, cave paintings, you know, that we looked at and thought of possibly as very rudimentary, actually are full of wisdom and um, some some incredibly uh, powerful and deep meaning that we, you know, we just didn't understand and didn't look at because we had gotten so focused on the written language being the way that we learn, the way that we express ourselves. But turns out that once we, you know, use, you know, the the lines and the linearness of of a written language in the way that we do, and we take away pictures, we take away. Um, you know, even like verbal explanations and, and sharing, our brains changed and our brains became more left brain dominant. And, you know, uh, left brain, when we look at masculine left brain values, it, it is going to be more about um, doing versus being. We'll just name a few simple ones. Doing versus being. Um, knowledge versus wisdom. Um thinking of a, you know, of a straight line, like, you know, linear versus circular, uh, linear being the masculine, circular being the feminine, just to give a few examples. So, you know, masculine language is very linear. And so our brain started to change. And through that change, we started to value those aspects that come from the left brain more, you know, more and more. Just this year, I, I, I heard a a great song. It's not a, a brand new song or anything, but it was new to me that I thought expressed the differences really beautifully. And I'll put it in the show notes, but it's, it's a song by Keb Mo featuring Roseanne Cash and it's called put a woman in charge. And what I think is so beautiful and powerful about this song is, um, you know, sharing through song. And then also if you, if you find the one that has the video with it, it's also really beautiful, you know, looking at how, you know, masculine values and living out of harmony with them because they're very important and powerful. And believe me, I hope that you've caught on from my podcast in general that this is not about um, ever about men bashing or, you know, men being the problem. It's really about all of us overvaluing uh, the, the left brain and the masculine, you know, in our doing, in our accomplishment and this put a woman in charge does a beautiful job saying, you know, basically enough is enough. You know, we've built the walls, we've conquered lands, we've, you know, built skyscrapers, uh, you know, all very masculine symbols. 
And where has it gotten us? You know, there's, it's gotten us some beautiful places for sure, but there's, has it continues to be such a huge cost. And we're all looking at ways that we need to and can shift this. So for me, one of the most powerful ways is to start a personal exploration and looking at, you know, well, where do I stand in that? You know, where do I, you know, I may say like, I'm pro woman, you know, and women's rights and all that. But if I look at my day to day life, how am I living in consonance with more feminine values? You know, how am I honoring my intuition? How am I honoring the wisdom that's innate inside of me? How am I honoring beauty and uh, sustenance? And, you know, when we think of symbol, some of the symbols of the feminine, the hearth, the home, you know, those aren't, those have gotten turned into like a woman should, her place is in the home. No, that home is us. You know, that home is what we hold inside of us. And are we our own hearth? You know, are we tending to ourself first and then, you know, those around us in the world in a way that nourishes us and allows us to grow? You know, in the masculine, it's, it, tends to be much more uh, goal oriented and, and external in that way, which is, you know, why we see, you know, all the building, all of the, you know, the conquering that has gone on in our world for all this time. And, you know, while I, I, I certainly will it never and don't, you know, condone it, I can see in some ways why the uh, masculine or, you know, the left brain has felt like it's had to subdue and um, imprison even, you know, uh, and, and certainly has done huge harm to the feminine because it's so powerful. You know, we wouldn't have to do that. We wouldn't have to like put a woman in her place and, and degrade her the way she has been, you know, over, over this, you know, many, many years if she wasn't so powerful you know, if the right brain wasn't so powerful and it's become a threat versus, you know, what I've learned, you know, through Sophia and, and Dr. Judith's curriculum is the potential and power of when we honor and live them in harmony. You know, to me, that's what equal rights are. That's what, you know, honoring um, masculine feminine does put us all on the same playing field because we see that when we can put them together, uh, beautiful things, you know, can happen. It's, it's not then that, okay, now we want to, you know, subdue and, and rein in and, and abolish the masculine. Um, not at all, but it's looking at, you know, where are we more at home? Where do we feel like we're living to our truest self? And, you know, for a woman, there's going to be aspects of that, that are living, more in consonance, uh, more in line with our feminine values. So first stepping back and looking at, hmm, okay, where am I? And, you know, sharing some of my journey in that uh, I have always overvalued the masculine. Now, you may not think that when you, you know, look at me from the outside or that because I, there are certain feminine values that I have and continue to just differently um, honored you know, beauty, um, you know, whether that's, you know, personal and, uh, but mostly, you know, external in my upbringing, but beauty is a very, very powerful, uh, feminine aspect. I would say I misused that aspect. Um, 
And in my overvaluing of the masculine, I used it to attract the masculine, to um, kind of garner the masculine energy, not by developing it myself, which I had, you know, and when I look back and I, I know I have a proclivity toward and, you know, some natural talents there. I was very good at math for a long period of time until I struggled a little bit with it and then decided I wasn't anymore. Um, but I got a degree in finance and accounting and I worked for a very prominent, um, you know, economic, uh, a PhD, a PhD in economics where we did, um, analysis and he, you know, presented evidence for personal injury and wrongful death cases to award, um, to award damages, you know, proper damages. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. So I, I don't think he would have kept me on board for the 10 years that I worked with him if I didn't have, you know, uh, some 
some skills, you know, in this area, but I, I didn't really see the, the power in them. They were kind of a means to an end. And I also had a plan that I carried through, which is given that they weren't my, they weren't so innate to me. They weren't necessarily easy and I could never, um, not never, but it would be very challenging to compete in that world with men. So instead I married it and I married the masculine through my husband, who's super intelligent, um, very, you know, masculine in his physique and just carried, you know, so many of, you know, what we would consider typical masculine values. So that kind of, I took that as a pass, uh, for developing my own, you know, what I come came to learn was, you know, that was a huge disservice to me mainly, but it became a very big disservice both to our couple and then to my daughters. I think I maybe talked, touched on this a little bit in another episode, but you know, I, I really through my own then, you know, reflections back and, and inquiries that I continue to do saw that while I was learning and had, um, begun to harness and honor some more of my feminine values, I really, you know, still much more predominantly let the the masculine uh, reign more supreme and didn't bring it in as, as, um, powerfully as I feel like I could have for myself and in our family. But I'm, you know, my whole getting my doctorate and, and rewriting the mother code is, is me working on that because, you know, when I, when I look at where I, I don't know, kind of fell off the wagon, uh, so to speak in this journey of, of honoring and, and living into feminine values, you know, I, I see that and, you know, raising my daughters, for example, I put accomplishment ahead of, you know, how they felt and the things that they were doing, you know, what had meaning to them, you know, and nope, it, you know, I fell right into the like, you know, get the high grades, get in the best schools, you know, figure out what your career is going to be, and not as much emphasis on how we feel about it. And how is this, you know, in line with, you know, you as a person and what matters most to you. So, you know, it's, and I left myself out of that picture, but I've, you know, stepped up my game in that arena and a huge way that I I felt like I made a shift in that was in complete, in embarking on to begin with um, and completing my doctorate. And that's really where I got to see the power of the masculine because, you know, it, it, the work that it takes and the structures that I had to put in place for myself. So systems, structures, um, accountability, goal setting, um, all of that was in service of, you know, an arena topic around mothering and how we all mother um, was going to come into being. You know, we, we don't have children. We don't give birth to anything without some aspect of the masculine coming together with the feminine, right? So I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll figure that out at some point, but uh, got a little, <laughs> my, my mind just went a million places that what, what we're talking about here is the fact that the two of those working together, you know, is what brings forth life. And, you know, I think something I, I learned on a leadership intensive once with Judith that was so powerful to me that was another misconception I had about how even just, you know, the, the whole egg and sperm thing worked, right? So in my mind, it, 
you know, and historically I always saw it as, you know, the sperm comes in and it, you know, whichever one wins the battle, you know, and gets to the egg and then like, you know, kind of pounds its way in and it's the strongest one that, that makes its way into the egg, um, to procreate. Well, turns out that got a little bit skewed in our, our, um, awareness and thinking about how that all happened. So yes, you know, the sperm does come in. Um, many of them make it, uh, and, you know, surround the egg and, and that, but it's the egg that chooses, right? So the egg chooses which one to invite in, right? Not to, you know, lose to or surrender to it's, it's the one that feels the most right, you know, to her, I would say the one that, you know, I'm not going to begin to understand like all the complexity of it, but just that concept of I'm inviting in the masculine in service of life. And that's really what my dissertation process felt like for me. It was a, you know, a, a using partnering with the masculine, inviting in what aspects of it, you know, would support and serve, but all the while continuing to have the feminine at the forefront, you know, why this mattered to me, um, what, what I felt like, you know, what I knew it was doing for my own transformation, but the potential that I felt like it could have in bringing something positive and an aspect and an awareness perspective into the world. And that I, wasn't going to be able to do that if I just, you know, thought about it nicely. Um, you know, it needed this vehicle, you know, for, for me to even, you know, get to know it better for me to get in relationship with something that felt important to me. Um, you know, but to do a study on it, you know, to use, uh, and, and I, and I liked that I chose in my dissertation to use both, um, qualitative and quantitative measures to, you know, to show distinctions in, in um, the, you know, the curriculum I put together to raise women's awareness in um, what's possible for her own transformation in mothering. So, you know, the quantitative, you know, studied, you know, through, um, through surveys, right? Through, you know, doing a kind of test, so to speak, but a survey before the seminar and then after and to see what the difference is and to study that. And I, I had a very small sample, only I had, you know, 13 women who went through the program. And I was told by my statistician, the, the person supporting me and putting the numbers together that I, you know, with a sample that small, I, there was no way I was going to show, be able to show significant, statistically significant results. But it turned out it was so powerful. It actually did. I had such a big distinction in the difference from before and after that I was able to show statistic differences. So that, you know, serves the masculine, right? It says, Hey, look, you know, this, this is something that mattered and it, and it catches that ear, but then also the qualitative, I had them just free flow, right before the seminar and then free flow, right. Um, after, and then, you know, for me to pull out distinctions that I saw in their language and, and I saw how it felt. And that's what I wrote about is, you know, there's the words that they said, but there was an overall feeling like where at, prior to the seminar that I remember there was like kind of a, a scarcity, a fear, a tenseness. Um, but after there was, there were more possibilities, there was openness, um, there was looking at the power of our pain. So 
you know, that's one kind of larger example. And uh, if I look at some of the things that we can think about in our day to day, because I'm, you know, not going to continuously be writing dissertations, but, you know, using systems and structures in my day, using whenever I use a spreadsheet, I think of it as a masculine container that's allowing me to, you know, do work um, and bring together the feminine with it. Setting sales goals, you know, that's something that is a very, um, that is very masculine in many ways, you know, setting setting financial goals, setting numbers in that way. But, it, you know, it gives us a game to play, a vehicle to play in uh, so that I can connect with, contact more and more, more and more people, you know, and, and share. And it reflects both, right? Um, but how have we, where and how we've been honoring one on top of the other. And, you know, that very much happened, you know, in our family where, um, of course, immensely, you know, grateful and proud of uh, what Rich built in his business. And, you know, and we've benefited very, in just such beautiful ways financially from that, you know, whereas, you know, my work didn't come close to, to that financially and, and in that way in the world. But, um, you know, I touched a lot, I've touched a lot of lives, I've supported a lot, a lot of people to, you know, live more in consonance with, um, you know, with their values, with vision and, but it wasn't as countable. And I found myself not valuing it as much, you know, in discussions along the way with my girls. And I, I think, I think it came through in some ways, um, but not as powerfully and strongly as it could have. So I'm hoping I'm kind of framing, you know, giving some possibilities and examples here. And I just, I want to share a couple more where more recent ones, because my dissertation was gosh, three. Well, anyway, it was in 2017. So <laughs> my uh, immediate math skills are not showing up. It's kind of funny. I'm in a very right brain space at the moment. So a couple things that, that I've been part of that I've shared about recently um, was this leadership intensive at the end of June. And we dove again, kind of deeply into the, these distinctions and, you know, brought out, you know, something that we've done every year and bring that curriculum into our women's weekend and women's essential, but not quite as overtly and strongly as we have um, in this more in this, you know, mixed uh, men and women uh, this men and women, you know, train week long training that we had at the end of June. And one of the a whole, practically a whole day we spent looking at these differences in the left brain and the right brain. And, and as I said, I, I, you know, kind of as, as Judith was teaching and sharing about it, I, I did both masculine and feminine things for myself to take it in. So I typed some notes on the computer because I wanted to remember, you know, some specific words and things that she was saying, but I also drew pictures you know, I, I just, I, I, something I have felt very insecure about is, uh, you know, I'm not an artist, just like I'm not a singer, but I'm learning more and more to play in those arenas. Um, because I don't have to be Picasso to, you know, learn and love and, and live, you know, through these, through these mediums. And I, as she was speaking about the right and left brain, I just kind of let my hand go and I drew a picture this very abstract picture of the brain. But when I looked at it, I, it brought tears to my eyes. And 
you know, if I showed it to you, you'd be like, mm, you know, I, I don't know if it would have meaning to you or move you in any way. But the fact that it moved me, you know, allowed the material to come in in a whole different way, you know, than, than just the didactic and that. But together, uh, I, I felt like they they brought about something very powerful for me. And then I, you know, proceeded to kind of work that way through the whole week. You know, I have um, a lot more flowing and just things that I, that are in my journal that as I reviewed them actually right before this podcast still brought tears to my eyes and were very powerful for me, um, as well as reading my notes on it do. So I just kind of want to make, keep making some of these distinctions. So I've been, you know, very powerfully in that, uh, uh, a week and a half after completing that training, our family just, and we just got back, as I said, on, on Sunday from a week in Southern France. And the one thing, I mean, I knew it would be a beautiful place. I knew it would be, you know, kind of a fun, an adventure for us to, you know, board a plane and, and, and go to Europe and, you know, do something like that, given, you know, we haven't done anything like that for all of these months. So, but I was, uh, I had just recently read um, Mary Magdalene Revealed and uh, I'll put that also in the show notes, you know, any of these references. But I had never, you know, in all my years of pilgrimage and working, we I've never really kind of steeped in Mary Magdalene. And I, I have a lot, a, a lot more to go. But, you know, the message that uh, the author was putting forth was very powerful to me and resonated, you know, very beautifully. So I looked up when we were going to be in southern France, where was the Ma- Mary Magdalene Basilica and supposedly her remains because, um, what is written is that she spent, you know, after the death of Jesus, death and resurrection of Jesus, however you hold that for yourself, you know, she came to Europe to spread the good news. And, you know, that it's just so much bigger and more powerful. And I I maybe will and could do a whole episode on it itself. But um, I think you know, for, to summarize, Mary Magdalene and Jesus are uh, this beautiful representation of the masculine and feminine, both of them kind of honoring both aspects within themselves. But, you know, uh, Mary, maybe more so with the, the feminine and Jesus more so with the masculine, but together, there was this beautiful harmony. So I really wanted to go to that basilica. So of the whole trip, like that's what I most looked forward to. And our guide, on the way there said there's this beautiful abbey, um, you know, many had been destroyed, but this one was very much intact. And he thought it'd be a nice thing to, to see on our way to the, so we agreed. And it was beautiful. And, and um, just in and of itself, uh, was just a lovely, lovely space. But it turned out that, you know, sometimes they're using these, you know, older places and bringing in you know, kind of art ex- exhibitions or, you know, and, and kind of coupling or combining them together. And I would walk in and here's, you know, kind of this first piece of art on the floor and I'm looking at it. I'm like, God, it looks a lot like kind of a brain. And it was, and it was this giant, um, kind of depiction of the brain with words in French around it. But some of them that I could make out were words that I would, you know, could perceive or or definitely were, you know, words that were making distinctions in the masculine and feminine. 
And then we went up to the front of the church or the altar and there was this big, beautiful crystal. I mean, I don't know if it was crystal glass, whatever, um, brain sitting on top of a mirror with also with words etched around the sides, like, you know, emotions and, and I, I can't remember all the words, but it, it was also showing masculine feminine words. And then we went outside and in this courtyard was a labyrinth looking type, um, piece that covered this whole big piece of, of the earth and ground that was also a brain. I'm like this, you know, I just love things like that because, you know, when I let go, when I'm not holding too tightly to the masculine, the linear, you know, I can open myself and accept, uh, these aspects as just the get the huge gifts that they are. And I feel like, you know, spirit talking to me, um, oftentimes, and I just let myself delight in it. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, I think I should be able to have a picture that I'll share, you know, when I put this episode up, you know, of me with that brain, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, we didn't spend a lot of time there. I probably could have spent all day just sitting and being with and, and, uh, and journaling, but I just, you know, let it kind of absorb into me and, and see it as just a beautiful sign and experience that I got to have. And then, you know, the Mary Magdalene church was just so beautiful and, and, and phenomenal. And I think, um, underline and, and brought forth for me, um, you know, doing things like that, bringing my family to spaces like that is me being a feminine leader in my family. You know, me putting, you know, this as high up on the list and as important as, you know, some of the other sightseeing, certainly shopping and the eating and other beautiful things that you could take advantage of in Southern France. But this wasn't any less important. And I don't know, sometimes in my mind, probably more all sources of nourishment, right? All sources of, of delight and aspects, you know, that, that, that all of it entails. So I wanted to kind of, you know, see how this weaving and, and when I'm more in touch with and have in the forefront, my journey and, you know, I love, cause this was another thing we talked about on the leadership week. My heroine's journey is very much about honoring and living more true to my feminine values, to my right brain. And, you know, doing a podcast is another good example of that, right? I'm using these mechanisms, this vehicle to share, but also to, so much to like learn and grow myself. Like it, you know, does me a huge service to be able to speak about these things out loud, you know, but I wouldn't be able to have other people have any of you listen to it were it not for you know, the, the intellect and the intelligence that it takes to, and the mechanisms to put it together to make this happen. So I would love it if this, you know, episode has spurred you in your thinking and allowed you to kind of do some assessing of yourself around where you do and don't hold feminine values, you know, where you overvalue the masculine and where and how is there some cost to that? Um, and that it's, you know, a moment to moment, day by day process that, you know, certainly can be heightened through coaching and other, other ways to like really keep it in the forefront. But I, I always like kind of leaving us with uh, some homework, you know, kind of what are, what is a way I can live? Um, and I can look at this a couple ways, like, it could be everything from just 
spending, you know, this next week or so looking at, you know, how, how can I build and continue to use my masculine in service of the feminine? I'm going to call it mothering my masculine. Um, for me, that's going to look like, you know, after this going and and putting together my, to I always like to call it my to do slash be list. So I have doing and being there, but that structure supports me in, you know, being productive and, and getting that much more done. So I'm going to, to do that as a discipline, um, and really hold that every day I update it and do that this week. And I, so I'd love for you to consider what is, notice something that you do that is, you know, maybe more in the masculine and how is it serving you, um, in, in more of the feminine, but any way that you can think about it and raise your awareness or notice it in other people, notice it in the world around you, you know, where, where are we out of balance and, you know, where, um, where are we not honoring? So look at it both for yourself personally, where am I not honoring and living in harmony with the masculine feminine? How am I seeing that in the world? And what's something that you can do this week to, you know, uh, mother your masculine in service of the feminine? All right. So we'll check back in on some of those things and see how you're doing. But I've loved being on this journey with you today and I wish you well. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.